What's up guys? Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of My Mouth Does the Talking. The podcast where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. But of course today, we couldn't have this podcast without talking about the most salient piece of news this week. There was a attempt by the people of Congress in the United States to, I think, tally the electoral votes, basically making official the victory of the Biden administration or Biden Biden team, uh, making official the declaration of Joe Biden as the winner and president-elect. On that same day, there was a rally held by Donald Trump and other supporters of Donald Trump. I think Rudy Giuliani was there. And they riled the people up, to to say the least. Uh, They got the spirits of Trump supporters, tens of thousands of Trump supporters, riled up. And um, Trump, with his usual, you know, denial of facts and reality, saying things like the election was stolen from them when they when he says them i guess he means trump and all of his supporters the republican party saying that there was you know voter fraud and that the entire process was fraudulent it was, it was a rigged election after saying things like this telling his supporters that he would lead a march down to the capitol where they would cheer on their Congress members was the word I believe that Trump used to try and get them to recognize the error of their ways and overturn this horrible decision, horrible outcome of the election. Now, mind you, from what I understand, um, Congress doesn't even have the power to do that, even if they wanted to. And they don't want to uh, because there's also no proof that the election was rigged or that this was a fraudulent election. Trump has already gone through the process of going to different courts um, and trying to prove this, and each of them shot him down, basically saying, nope, there's nothing here. So mind you, that's that's the actual factual situation. In any case, Trump continues to parrot this theory about the election being fraudulent, and his people buy into it. So Trump, who, by the way, didn't actually do what he said he was going to do, didn't actually lead the people down to the Capitol, uh, goes back into the White House, apparently, and the people march over to the Capitol. At first, from what I understand, they're just yelling and screaming. But at some point, and we don't really know how this happened, the yelling and screaming turned into, let's actually get up and run our behinds into the Capitol building. This mob of Trump supporters, or we should just call them rioters, because that's what it is. They were rioting. Decided to mob the Capitol building. Uh, break windows, batter doors with, with, with dividers, vandalize property, climb walls, And they, and they did all of this to get inside of the building 
uh, to stop this this tally, I guess. There are multiple videos of these supporters on the ground being filmed talking about essentially the possibility or the willingness to engage in violence to satisfy their aims, which their aim is to essentially take back America, I guess, and stop this vote. to overturn and overthrow the corrupt system that Donald Trump is saying exists. Once inside, people are stealing podiums, posing on, on, on um, desks, posing beside desks. Um... fighting back against tear gas. And one woman is actually shot in the midst of all this chaos. Shot in the neck, I believe. This is what I heard. I saw the video of her bleeding out and dying. Um, and she did, in fact, die. She died. And I guess I'll start with that. When she woke up that morning, I don't know if she was ready to die. But I'm sure that when it was happening, she reevaluated everything in her life. I'm positive that she did not realize how quickly and brutally life could be taken from her how fragile she really was and i think that the mentality of the mob creates this feeling of invincibility that really is not warranted and while the mob continued to go about doing what they wanted to do she was left there dying and none of them could help her all of the people motivating her, including Donald Trump, to fight back against this corrupt government couldn't save her from the grips of death. And I don't think the people who stormed the Capitol really realized that this is not a game. Like what they're doing is effectively begging for the use of force to be to be um, deployed onto them and I don't think they were really ready or, or understood that death could come that quickly that this kind of move can create the sort of pandemonium that leads ultimately to them never being able to see their family mem members again. And it's sad to me because I think that in those moments when she was bleeding out on the floor, she must have realized that Donald Trump isn't anywhere there to be seen, can't help her, doesn't, uh, doesn't really probably care that she's bleeding out on the floor and she sort of had to realize this is it like this is how and where I die I die surrounded by a mob of people who I barely know who have somehow convinced me that storming this capitol building was a good idea I know that some people might say that maybe she felt like Maybe she felt differently. Maybe she felt, well, at least I'm dying for something I believe in. But I'm going to be honest. I really don't think that that's how she felt. 
I think that when it actually hits the fan and you realize that people are willing to use lethal force on you even though you're unarmed, it's too late at that point. I don't think she really thought she was going to get shot. I think that she she had gotten away with so much already that the thought of getting shot really didn't enter her mind. Because if it did, I don't think she would have tried to do whatever she was doing. Climb, climb a barrier or whatever it was that she was doing at the time. I really don't think that if she thought, yes, like I'm going to be killed today, I'm going to get shot today, that she would have proceeded. I've seen a video of her ranting in her car and it's clear that she's a fanatic. It's clear that she's really diehard Trump supporting Trump Trump supporting, but I don't think that she literally was diehard. I don't think she literally was like, "Yes, I'm ready to die." That is a horrible way she died. There was blood coming out of her nose and her mouth. She was probably gurgling it probably choking on her own blood before she died. Multiple police officers were injured. I think a couple were hospitalized. And um, the, the, the security clearly wasn't ready to handle this mob of people. I don't know if they didn't really know that all of those people were going to be there at the Capitol that day. But it's clear to me that once they showed up, it was too late. I mean, I don't know how you can call for reinforcements when the entire building is swarmed. Even before they got inside, it just looked like there was just no way they were going to be able to handle all of these people if they decided to just jump ship into the building. And uh, it was a failure on the part of the security that this happened. They had not, they acknowledged that point blank. They said that this is a failure. While all this is going down, while this pandemonium is breaking out, Donald Trump is putting out tweets that are that are seemingly two-faced. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to find Donald Trump's tweets because they banned him from Twitter. So, um, I can't even read them for you. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to find them, find them for you. But, uh, at, at one point he's, he's asking, he's asking that, uh, they go home in peace uh, that they they stop stop the violence um, but he also says things like this is what happens when you know Americans or people are are, are defrauded he's saying stuff like that in his tweets basically trying to say, Yes, go home in peace, don't be violent, but also, we've been cheated. So because Twitter didn't think that Donald Trump was doing much of a, a service to the, the problem at, at hand, they suspended his Twitter account for what I think they said was 12 hours. And ultimately now he's been suspended from Twitter completely. Like, he's been banned. Facebook also banned Donald Trump. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what I think about that.
But this is just what happened. Anyways, the people of Congress were evacuated. None of them were hurt, I don't believe. And they finally got all these individuals out of the building. Um, and they ended up doing what they needed to do. Congress ended up doing what they needed to do later after the fact. Now, this whole incidence, to me, is tragically hilarious. And when I say tragically hilarious, what I basically mean is that this is an awful, awful thing that went down. As a citizen of a democratic, uh, democratic country, uh, being Canada, you have to understand that I actually feel secondhand embarrassment because a lot of a lot of what we fight against as a democratic country, I believe, or democratic countries, I believe, is the idea that democracy as a system doesn't work because it allows too many freedoms the people aren't fit to rule themselves and it's clear that the system is is archaic or something like that and doesn't work this is like an argument i think that somebody like putin or xi jinping would use to undermine democracy so when democracy or a democratic country is basically made to be a laughing stock based on nothing other than lies and blatant, like, um, misconstru misconstruction of, 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 of basic facts, when it's shown that you can so easily rile a bunch of people up to the point where they literally storm a capital and, and could have potentially seriously hurt people who hold public office, it just looks bad for democracy. It just looks like, wow, this system really doesn't work like you look how easy it is to undermine anybody's confidence in democracy so there's like a secondhand embarrassment that i feel as a canadian living right next to america um seeing that so many people could be influenced to do something like this it just goes to show you that citizens of a democracy are are a lot of them are rather incompetent and can't actually form opinions based on facts right if you wanted an argument for democracy what happened on the 6th of january would be a counterpoint right but hilarious because you can't write this like nobody it's it's crazy how how funny, frankly, it is that there are that many idiots in the world. Who can be that easily influenced to do something like that. Like you can influence them so easily and so effectively that they will literally storm a building in an attempt to harm, possibly harm, elected officials or members of public office. Like that's, that's kind of funny. Like that in itself, just the fact that that even happened, it's like, it's so dumb and so extreme. You almost, you have to kind of laugh at how ridiculously stupid it is. It's like, wow. <laughs> you really suck. It's tragically hilarious. It's like, oh my God, we literally can't get through the first week of 2021 without making complete asses of ourselves. This is kind of funny. I'm not going to lie.
funny in the way where you just can't believe it. Like, it's shock humor. You're just like, are you kidding me? The whole event to me isn't even... I, I, like, I would say that the whole event is disheartening, but it's not even that it's disheartening. It's uh, just incredible. And people have had different reactions. People have said stuff like, well, you know what? You know, where was the crackdown on these rioters? People were cracking down so viciously on those who were protesting in the Black Lives Matter movement. What's going on with with the crackdown in this situation? Other people rebut to that and say it's convenient that people have 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 uh, forgotten the word mostly peaceful as soon as uh, people on the the right are doing some sort of rioting. And um, honestly. I don't know how you could suggest that what happened on the 6th was a mostly peaceful protest. Um, like it, I don't know how you could say that that was mostly peaceful. Um, but I will also say that I don't think that the capital security had the the manpower to even crack down like the way they would on black lives matter protests even if they wanted to like i don't think that anybody knew that was about to go down um not only that i think that there were like exponentially more people like it just looked to me like there were so many more people i don't know how you crack down on that mob of people basically what i'm saying is i think that the problem was almost unmanageable not to say that uh, I don't get why people on the left are saying that, but what I mean to say is, practically, I don't even think you could have. Like, I don't think you could have done to that mob of people what you did to Black Lives Matter's protest protesters in that amount of time. Like, there was no way they could have prepared. Like, did anybody see that coming? I don't think so. So, I, I think that that response... While I take the point, I think it's, it's, I think it's sort of forgetting that this was a very, like, sporadic, um, sort of staccato beat to the rhythm of the American democracy. Like, we didn't see that one coming, right? Whereas a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, you knew there were going to be protests, you could set up. You could set up uh, a force to crack down prior to uh, prior to a lot of the protests happening, and and react accordingly. Right? Um, easier to organize probably a police force across a city than it is to just on one on one building where a mob of people is already inside. I don't know how you could have. I don't know how you could have done that. Like. Just looking at the footage, I look at it and I'm like, how would you have ever gotten that under control? I don't know. I don't know. But what do I know about security? Maybe nothing, right? Probably nothing. Um, but the, the idea that someone would say that those protests were mostly peaceful, it's like, Show me the clips of mostly peaceful Trump supporters past, what was it, 1 p.m.? I don't think there were any. Like, from what I could see, like, the overwhelming majority. And nobody none, nobody in those videos, from what I saw, from what I have seen, everywhere and anywhere, irrespective of, like, news source, has was talking about how telling people like you know not to not to climb the building not to go into the capitol not to vandalize not to go after them nobody was saying that so i don't understand why somebody would suggest that the protest was mostly peaceful they need to show me they need to show me 
like evidence of that because I don't see evidence of that anywhere. Um, so like everything, I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle. I, I, I don't think that they were just like, oh, well, these are right-wing protesters, so we're not going to crack down at all. I think it was more like there's no way we could have prepared for this, so we can't crack down. Now, I think that they had said that they had seen some police officers taking pictures with these right-wing rioters. I haven't seen that. I've just heard that. If that is indeed true, though, that's a problem. But I'm not going to get too much deeper into that because, to be honest with you, it's like it's you've got two... It's hard to say really either way. It's hard to say. Like you're dealing in things that aren't really factual at all. All you know is that Black Lives Matters protesters were treated very badly. Very, very badly. Um, and the people who stormed the Capitol the other day, from what I saw, weren't treated very badly at all. So I align more with like the left, uh, the, the the left's opinion on the whole thing, but it, but I do just say this. I, I take it with a grain of salt and just say like, hey, I don't think that they were prepared to crack down. I don't think it's because they wouldn't. I think they. I just don't think they were prepared to crack down because like literally somebody was shot in the neck. Like, do you really think? that that is an, an indication of them favoring people on the right. Like somebody was literally shot and killed. So I think it's like they basically did what they could. And when things got a little bit too crazy, they used lethal force. So I just don't think they were prepared. That's what I think. Um, but I've, I've beaten this dead horse beaten this point for too long so we're gonna move on to the next thing here um this is all what happened but what does it mean for donald trump for example that this happened a lot of people have been saying that donald trump incited these people to do this and I told you how he was riling the crowd up before. Uh, there are videos of it that maybe I should have pulled up so that you can you can hear them. But you can't really say that he incited the storm of Capitol Hill because he didn't say anything about storming Capitol Capitol Hill, Jesus, the Capitol building. He didn't. If you and that's the thing about Donald Trump is that he's like he's like a big stupid baby but he's really clever with his words like you couldn't actually charge him with inciting anything you couldn't hold him responsible because what he said was we're gonna go down there and we're gonna cheer that's what he said now he definitely inflamed people. I'm not going to lie. He definitely inflamed people. And he should feel badly that his blatant disregard for facts and, um, you know, uh, promotion of this f faulty theory about a stolen election has led people to feel like they need to start a revolution. He needs to feel bad about that. Unfortunately, he didn't incite them to do it. He didn't incite them to revolt. So, like, you you can't hold them accountable for this, which kind of sucks because, I mean, it, it really is, in a lot of ways, his fault, but... Unless you tell somebody specifically, go storm Capitol Hill, like you're not going to be able, Capitol, the Capitol building, sorry, you're not going to be able to, to nab na them, them on anything. So this narrative that he incited the riots is very much like the left taking something and running with it 
And that's one thing I don't like about the left sometimes is that it's almost like they have an opportunity to make a legitimate point about someone maybe being an unfit leader or somebody or somebody having uh, been irresponsible with their words and they go and say, you incited. It's like, okay, well, now you've gone too far. Because that claim, like that's, you could, that's like criminal charges. Like you could literally, if you tell someone, go kill that guy and they go do it, you can be held responsible. If you're on Twitter or wherever saying like, we should kill all of the, I don't know, the, the black people of the world and somebody goes and kills a black person, like you can be held responsible for that. You incited that violence. That's what that is. That's what inciting is. Not, okay, well, I'm going to say that the election was stolen and that we're not going to stand for it and that we're not going to take it. But then if you go do something crazy like storm the Capitol building, I'm going to be held responsible. No one's going to hold you responsible for that. In a, in a court of law, like, they're not going to be able to hold you responsible. And that's the thing about the left that I don't like sometimes because I'm like, you, like, what you're doing is basically creating an opportunity for the right to rebut you and say, you just don't like Trump. Like you're saying he incited it when he didn't, blah, 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 blah. Everything you say about Trump isn't true because this one point is too hard, is too strong. Like you're leaving yourself vulnerable, basically. Like you're, you're putting yourself in a situation where they're gonna be able to rebut you. And it's like, well, why would you even do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, Twitter and Facebook banned Trump from their platforms. What do I think about this decision? Okay, look, Twitter and Facebook are independent companies. They can do whatever they want. I completely support their right to ban whoever the hell they feel like banning. Um, did Donald Trump do anything that went against their policies, which would have led him to be banned? I don't think so. So I don't know if you can just, I mean, maybe you can just unilaterally ban people from your platform. I'm pretty sure that's a right they probably have, in which case, like this discussion is open, shut and closed, right? But um, I don't think that he did anything specifically that would have made it so that you could ban him, especially Facebook, because I don't think I don't think he even posted anything on Facebook. Now, the, the intelligence of this move, um. Honestly, it's not a dumb move because I think that a lot of people would say that it's a dumb move because now what you're doing, now what you're doing is giving people like a martyr, like even more of a reason to follow Donald Trump. It's like, look, even Twitter and Facebook are against him. Like we need to support him. You're basically giving people more fuel for Trumpism. That's like an argument, I guess. But I don't think that that argument holds a lot of weight. I think that... Um, Trump was doing more harm than good on those platforms. And he doesn't have an alternative. Like Trump isn't going to start some sort of alternative media platform. Although if he does do this, then banning him really did, really did actually do something horribly bad. Because if he does start some sort of alternative media platform in which all of his followers can follow him and listen to the things that he says irrespective of how factual or unfa or infactual, unfactual they are, now you're creating an even worse echo chamber than your platform. And I, and I actually strong, I believe that in the future, there's going to be an alternative to Twitter and Facebook that allows people to say whatever they want because Twitter and Facebook censor people to a degree. And there are individuals, celebrities, regular people alike who don't like to be censored those platforms are going to contain all of the misgendering, all of the racial jokes, 
all of the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that aren't allowed on Twitter and Facebook. I believe that that is a new platform that's going to exist. It's not going to be called Twitter. It's not going to be called Facebook. It's going to be called something else like, I don't know, Giddy or something. They'll call it Giddy. And you can go on Giddy and you can post whatever you want and no one will no one will say anything to you about it. Donald Trump gets on a platform like that, all of his followers go to that platform, guess what happens? Now, they don't even have the opportunity to see whether or not a tweet that he made could be fact-checked. Fact if that happens, Technically, banning him from Twitter and Facebook is a really bad idea because now you're going to create an even bigger echo chamber for all of his followers. However, I don't think that's going to happen just for Donald Trump. I think that perhaps in the future they're going to create a platform like that, but I think that at this point in time, Donald Trump is doing more harm than good on those platforms. So I don't have a problem with them like banning him from Twitter and Facebook. It's like, look, man, you're a private company. You can do what you want. And if you see that he's using your platform to basically destroy democracy, which is what he's essentially done, like he's completely undermined the democratic process and no one trusts the system anymore. And if you don't trust the system, then what's left? Okay, overturn and destroy the system. Okay, somebody's preaching that on your platform. Okay, get rid of them, right? For that reason, I, I, I can get behind and support the decision to get rid of them on those, on those platforms. And anybody who thinks that that's like censorship and it's like 1984 all over again. I mean, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. But he talks about Twitter like it's supposed to be this, 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 this public service that the government needs to regulate. Like he talks about it like the government needs to step in and tell Twitter that they can't censor people's speech or something like that. But the truth is it's like, first off, first off, you wouldn't even actually want that because if the government started to do that with 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 um speech that is allowed or should be allowed the government could also do that with speech that should not be allowed and then you're allowing the government to tell twitter what cannot be said also like for example like if you give social media to the government the government could could if you get someone like donald trump in office for example suggests that you can't say anything bad about Donald Trump on Twitter. And that's a law now. That's why you don't want the government in social media. That's what I think. I think that the I don't trust the government or people to have control over something like that. Give it to private companies so that when one company censors too hard or too much, another company pops up and doesn't censor at all. And that way you have a balance as opposed to giving it to the government who might just pick and choose what they can censor and make it a law so that if you breach those censoring those those laws that you can now not just be banned from Twitter but actually be charged by the government like like you you can basically you know commit a federal offense if you if you say something bad about Donald Trump I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, that's the idea that I'm trying to get out. Right. Um, so that's the first thing. And I can't really remember what the second thing I was going to say is, but, uh, I, I suppose that my point was something like, um, Twitter and Facebook can do whatever they want. Twitter and Facebook can do whatever they want. And if the government decides, starts to decide uh, that it can tell people, tell people that, or tell Twitter that they have to allow A or they have to allow B, that's a bit of a problem.
and I guess this this is sort of you know interestingly enough, technically that point is at odds with maybe somebody who is uh, a champion of, of of homosexual rights, and they have a problem with a cake making uh, store or establishment that won't make a cake for a gay couple or something like that. Um, the government basically tells them they have to make the cake for that gay person. Now, Ben Shapiro is the kind of person who would say something like, no, the government should never be able to do that. The government should never be able to tell you you have to make a cake for anybody. You can make a cake for the people you want to make a cake for. You can boycott the store. You can... You can um, protest the store, but you can't tell or force the store to bake a cake for a gay couple. I see what Ben Shapiro's point is. Ben Shapiro wants a really small government. But my question is, what if you have a society that that is basically, for the most part, anti-gay? What if every baker is anti-gay? That would be my question to him. Like, what if you're in a place in society? Because here's the truth. Like, there was a time in America when I would say, like, 90% of the people were racist. Okay? If that's true, if that's true, then... 90% of the establishments that exist wouldn't let black people dine in their restaurants. Wouldn't sell beds to black people. Wouldn't, wouldn't, sell, wouldn't sell groceries to black people. If you can just, well, this person is, is, is not the kind of individual that I, that I would want to sell something to, and I'm not going to sell it to them, and everybody else like you feels like that, essentially what you're doing is you're ousting that group of people from being able to access any goods and services. And Ben Shapiro's argument is that being gay and being black are not the same thing. But we can use the same, the same logic. Like if you go to Jamaica, for example, they're a relatively uh, anti-gay anti culture. So let's say it's let's let's not even let's not even make it blackness. Let's make it actual gayness. If you went somewhere where being gay was like so taboo that 90% of the population would not serve you if you were gay. Ben, would you not have a problem then with the fact that gay people couldn't buy any goods or services because they're gay? That's why that's why the government steps in and says you can't discriminate against people based on um, things like sexual orientation or or like belief, like if you're Jewish or something like that. Um. So so I can see how someone might counter and say, well, what about that? I mean, you would you would definitely support. The government saying, hey, you can't discriminate against gay people or black people, you know what I'm saying, as a private company or whatever. Um, and I go, okay. Well, let's break it down. Let's say you discriminate against somebody not based on their uh, sexual orientation or their skin color, but based on their opinions. How about that? How about if you express opinions um, or thoughts that are antithetical to what, what our private company believes, or if you are doing something detrimental to our community using our platform, then we can ban you. And that shouldn't be the problem of the government. Would that satisfy somebody? Maybe. That's the best. I mean, like off the top of my head, 
That's the best counter to the counter I could come up with. That we're not discriminating you against uh, discriminating against you based on your religion or your 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 race or anything like that. We're just, we're basically saying that your opinions and set of um, I guess the thing is, if you say beliefs, then that's like religion, right? Uh, we don't agree with what you are doing to our community then we can, as a private company, get rid of you, essentially, right? It's tricky. That's a gray area. Because to be honest, it's like you could extend that to religion. And, oh, well, you know what? I don't agree with your belief system. You're a Christian. You believe that gays are going to hell, so now I'm not going to let you use our platform. Right? And if 90% of the society believes that, then Christians are basically excluded from every platform there could possibly be. And if they're a minority, they'll probably continue to be a minority unless the government steps in and does something about it. So I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, I've literally just talked it out in front of you, and I don't know if any of it makes sense. But um, that makes this whole censorship thing and government intervention a lot tougher. It makes it a lot tougher. A lot more complex because it's it's not it's not clear cut and dry how you would square like that set of reasoning like we don't agree with your opinions so we're going to remove you it's not clear to me how you separate that from we don't agree with your sexual orientation so we're going to remove you you know But now my brain hurts. So <laughs> so I'm not going to try to answer that question because I don't have answers to all these questions. All I know is that um, Twitter, if they don't like you as a person, if they don't like you as an individual and they decide to get rid of you, they should be allowed to do that. They're not discriminating against you based on anything you can't control. They're not discriminating against you based on your own belief, your own religious beliefs. They're discriminating against you based on your... I guess it would be opinions and, and, and alternative facts. So it should be allowed, I guess, right? Um, so I guess we ended up spending most of the podcast talking about this. Which is fine. I guess we can end on a light note. Um, have you guys ever seen those pictures where somebody has got like a Bugatti or something like an expensive car? Uh, maybe they're maybe they're famous. Maybe they just rented the car for the day and they're a regular person. But they're on the hood of the car and they've got like sunglasses and a pair of Nikes on or something like that. Some camo shorts and like a like a like a white tee with a with a with a flannel, a short sleeve flannel button up over top or something like that. I don't know. Flannel and camo don't really go well together, but you know what I'm saying. Baseball tee over top, button up baseball tee over top. And um, they're like posing on this car for Instagram and they're flipping the bird to everybody else. And like in the photo, like they're flipping the bird to the camera. And the caption is something like, I don't know. <laughs> Rise and grind. I don't know. Just, just I'm living my best life or something like that. Photos like that perplex me. Like, like if you know what kind of photos I'm talking about, where they're like they're just stunting on people, like they're just flipping the bird to the camera, but with all of this luxury behind them. I don't understand why that is so appealing to people to do. 
But the F you, I'm living my best life um, pictures are really sort of childish and confusing. Um, why do you feel the need to, like, flip off all of your followers with this opulence surrounding you? I don't understand that. Like, who are you? Like, why are, are you angry at everyone else? Like, why is that? Why is that an acceptable pose? Why does everybody seem to think that that's cool? I don't get that. You've seen these pictures. You know what I'm talking about. Like, they're at a party. They've got jewelry on or something like that. And they're just flipping the bird to the camera looking really cool. why that's so rude it makes no sense and everybody likes these photos too i don't i wonder if it's like maybe it's an act of defiance like maybe that's why they do it and that's what it's about like we're like it's an act of defiance i'm so cool i'm living my best life f y'all If you think about it, that pose makes no sense. But we do it. We do that pose. I don't even know why I brought this up other than just like, I saw one the other day and I just thought to myself, like, there's a level of insecurity in these posts. Like, if you have to demean your audience or, 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 or suggest profanity to your audience or to some, some authority, some invisible authority in order to appear cool, Like, you really must have some sort of confidence issue. <laughs> or maybe you don't care at all. Maybe that's why they do it. They do it because they don't care. But it's like, why do you, like, in order to show people how much you don't care, you flip them the bird? It's just weird. I can't be the only one who thinks that it's weird. Anyways, man, send me your best I'm living my best life photos. Everybody flip me the bird in a picture and send it to me through Instagram. The Combat Addict, no spaces, that's my Instagram. If you're listening to this, I want you to <laughs> I want you to pose living your best life in opulence or degradation. Either one, I don't care what it is. And just flip me the bird with a really cool face and send me the picture through Instagram. I want to see these. And if I, if I like them enough, I'll try to find a way to rope them into a video or something like that. Anyways, that's it for the podcast today. Combat Addict out.